This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Dips inside and hits. Oh, what a, what a goal! Right, that is from Ross Wallace. Chris Waddle, is he going to have a crack? Oh, he does, he scores! Anything Paul Gascoigne can do, Chris Waddle can do. One by Stephen Fletcher, back towards Adam Rich! Hello and welcome, I'm James Mapping, this is the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. League One is well and truly at the business end of the season with just 32 days remaining and we're still none the wiser as to who will be finishing in those automatic promotion spots and indeed the playoffs as well. I've got a different show for you this week. We're joined by representatives for each club that's vying to get out of this league this season and we're going to be getting their thoughts on the season so far as well as the mood in the camp or amongst their respective fan base and importantly how confident they are of getting promotion um we hopefully should have uh, gabe sutton as well joining as uh, a little bit later on to offer his neutral opinion on how he thinks it's all gonna pan out um i think it's fair to say we've got a bit of a four horse race at the top uh, for those top two spots and then four or five teams going for those final two spots in the playoffs as well those teams being us of course uh, Plymouth, Ipswich, Barnsley going for automatics. Then you've got Bolton, Peterborough, Derby, Wickham and Portsmouth all challenging for, for places five and six, realistically, as it stands. Now, it's going to be good to get the general consensus of the mood around the camp right now and you know fans' perspective looking at uh, the results. I can imagine this could differ somewhat based on who you support um i'm gonna be joined by phil catchball from wanderers tv we've got rams review uh, we've got trotter chatter red all over talking town and chris errington for plymouth argyle join us a little bit later as well um let's uh let's start and uh and phil we'll we'll speak to you first with wick and wanderers um I mean, the nicest way. We'll start from the bottom and uh, and work our way up. Uh, Wickham currently eighth in the league. Uh, heartbreak in the playoff final against Sunderland, of course, last season. Phil, a slow start, but an excellent February. Seeing you get well into the mix uh, when it comes to a top six finish, sixty-two points currently. I mean, unlikely to perhaps finish on 
the same points as last season. I think you have to win pretty much all your games to to do that. Um, but no, it's it's been a you know a decent, like I said, decent run uh, in in recent weeks, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, we've had um, you know uh, a pretty uh, traumatic season. Thanks for reminding us about the playoff final last year. Oh, it's early. fine. Don't worry about it. You, <laughs> um, you can remind us about ours a few years before if you want. It's, oh, and, and last season as well. <laughs> yeah, we did make it to Wembley. That's true. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's no place to lose a game of football in a playoff final, Wembley. Um, that took some getting over. Um, we lost David Stockdale and Adebayowak in Fenwa, two huge characters in the dressing room, two leaders of the club on and off the pitch. Um, and we've lost our talismanic manager as well during the season. Yeah, yes. Um, um, I don't want to bang on about injuries because I know everyone's eyes are rolling now because we all get injuries. Uh, we've had a fair share of those as well. But... It's funny you said that, Phil. I mean, this this is why I've kind of done this show because you know, you know, us as you know Wednesday fans, um, you know, injuries have hit us massively. You know, Byers and Windass are, were missing, and I think when you you know when you you don't listen to any other clubs or you don't read about other clubs and you kind of almost think it's just us. So, you know, mm. it's good that you're saying that. Well, it's not good because um, obviously some teams are doing better than what, what we're doing at the moment. We can't buy a win, but, you know, it is, it's, I suppose it's refreshing in a way to think like, well, you know, it's not just it's not just us that's got injuries. Is it key players out for Wickham at the moment? Yeah, we've had Sam Vokes out, Gareth McCleary, um, Ryan Tapazoli's had a, a bit of a patchy season with injury as well. Uh, we lost Josh Goen for large parts of it, and and that's a really strong spine um, for any team in this division. Um, but you know, we find ourselves two points outside um, the top five. Um, you know, sixty-four points uh, takes us up to Bolton Wanderers in fifth, although they've got a game in hand. Um, so we've dealt with all of the things that I've just listed and adapted, and still still in there, which is a great achievement for a club the size of Wickham Wanderers. Um, and yeah, hopefully we can get some of the injured players back as well, um, because if we do, then you know our game on Good Friday against Ipswich Town is huge for for both clubs. Uh, but after that, um, bar the last game of the season against Pompey, who I still think are in this conversation, by the way, uh, for the top six, um, we've got teams down the bottom, and obviously they pose their own threat as well as they're fighting for their lives. But um, yeah, we're we're believing we can get in there again, and recent experience we've had a wonderful two or three years especially our campaigns in league one um so the fan base has got the belief um we've been there and done it recently um and yeah we fancy it and i was, I was just about, about to ask that is, phil because yeah. you know obviously yeah last season you got to the final you know it was ever so close of, of getting back into the championship so I suppose you know in the preseason you may be thinking you know look we can we can perhaps do that again but like I say it was it was a slow start so what is the mood around the fans at the moment do, do fans think you know obviously at the moment you're what two the two points out of the the playoffs or I played an extra game than than uh, than Bolton but you know everyone's around here has played you know a similar amount of games um, it is close then do you, do you you know we're looking at the the running that you've uh, that you've got a few tough games, you know Ipswich this weekend being a, a massive one, Pompey on the last day of the season, which could be big as well. Um, yeah, what what's the what's the mood like? And do, do fans think they can you can do it and get into the playoffs again? Yeah, we absolutely do think it, and it's based on on recent experience because we've done it against the odds in the past. We got promoted in twenty twenty when when no one thought we would. Um, we went up. Um, you know, we nearly stayed up that that time, and, and we missed out by one point. Um, we got to the final last season um, when several of the big boys were nowhere to be seen, 
Um, so yeah, we've got we've done it in the past. Um, so yeah, the fan base is thinking, well, there's no reason to believe that we can't do it again. Obviously, there's much bigger clubs with bigger squads and bigger pockets than us. But that's the great thing about football. You know, we can continue to upset the odds. So yeah, the belief is that we can do it again. Um, but you know, to be brutally honest, we don't have the disaster scenario if it doesn't happen. Um, you know, we are a club where we are. Our history is largely non-league. Um, you know, the world isn't expecting them to be in the championship. We'd love to be there, of course we would. Um, but yeah, we're not we're not expected to be up there. A path for us isn't getting promoted in terms of what other people in football think. So, you know, we quite like being under the radar, being unfancied, being written off. It suits the narrative of Wickham. Um, and it's a, it's a perfect narrative for this season again. Yeah, I mean, one thing I want to touch on, you, you mentioned it at the top, Ainsworth has finally moved on, uh, obviously gone to QPR. Matt Bloomfield's come in, a bit of a mixed bag of results since his arrival. Uh, how has the new manager been, been received from, you know, from the fans? Uh, well, he is a he's a club legend. Um, uh, it was um, an obvious report, appointment from a, from a Wickham perspective. He was a player for 18 years at Wickham Wanderers. Only one other club he played for, which was Ipswich Town. He made one appearance for them, his boyhood club. Um, he was at Wickham for a huge amount of time. And when he was forced into retirement through a head injury, he went onto the coaching staff and was doing an exceptional job there. Um, the fans absolutely love him to bits. And... You know, Gareth Ainsworth was manager for well over 10 years and it's a really tough act to follow. I remember the 90s when Martin O'Neill was a manager at Wickham um, and everyone feared the worst when he left because it was, how do you follow that? But with Mark, with, with Gareth Ainsworth um, leaving, um, there was only really one obvious choice for the fans, which was Matt Bloomfield, because he understands the... the uh, the atmosphere at Wickham Wanderers, the unity, uh, the them against the world attitude that Wickham have had under under Gareth. Um, but, you know, the challenge that he has is, is his own man. He wants his own identity. He's going to want to play the game how he sees it. Um, but he comes into the situation in, in a managerial sense, in quite a unique term. He comes in, you know, for the run-in with Wickham really, really well placed. Normally when managers come in, it's, it's a bit of a disaster zone, like it was when he went to Colchester. And he did a really good job of turning their fortunes around. Um, but the fans will give Matt Bloomfield time. If it doesn't happen this season, um, we firmly believe we've got the right man in charge. And, and the fans will give him that time because of who he is and, and the respect and love he has for the club. Yeah, Phil, as as Matt kind of stamped his authority on the uh, on the team and the and the squad and the style of player, the reason why I said that is because you know I think uh, everyone listening know how Wickham play historically. I know <laughs> in recent, you know, in like the end of Gareth with tenure, it was perhaps trying to change that a little bit because obviously it wasn't kind of working at the start of the season. But we know, you know, the, the Wickham style of play, you know, last season especially. Has he, has he kind of reverted back to that or is he just try, is he trying to play a better brand of football, let's say? Look, I know the results worked and, and, and everything, but you, you know where I'm coming from. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I mean, the, the biggest factor of, of the change of style for Wickham Wanderers is that Adebayo Akinfenwa doesn't play for us anymore. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, if, if you if you give me a manager of Akinfenwa in the squad and they play expansive passing football and, 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 you know, don't get it up to the big man as quickly as possible, then they're an idiot. Um, you know, and we made great use of him um, when he was our player because, you know, he was a fantastic talisman for us. 
Um, that's changed. You know, Sam Vokes leads the line for Wickham when he's, when he's fit and playing for us and brings something completely different to the table. Yes, he can mix it around and do the long stuff as well. Um, but Wickham have been playing a lot more football than they're given credit for, which, again, completely suits us because I can tick it off. Manager bingo, week after week. <laughs> we know what we're going to expect when we play Wickham Wanderers. Um, but if it, was that, if it was that easy and if it was that, you know, that predictable, then why aren't more people beating us? Yeah, um, you know, so um, it's a shame that that bubble's burst now, and people are saying, "Oh, you know, look at Progressive Wickham playing through the thirds." But um, you know, if you can just tell everyone we're still lumping it up to the big man, I'd, I'd really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, before I, well, country get ready because we're going to obviously we'll talk a little bit about the the next game coming up against Ipswich. Um, and just a, a note as well, if anyone else on the on the panel want to add a question, just pop your hand up and we can uh, we can do that um just on your form at the moment um phil you know last three games without a win you know defeat to barnsley uh, a draw away at charlton and then another draw uh, away at mk dons obviously the fortunes of them have have changed since uh, since last season obviously when you were when you beat them to get to wembley but what have the performances been like in those last three games and is any any concern heading into the the final you know seven or eight games of the season uh, no, not really. I mean, I, th- I thought we were very unlucky against Barnsley, who who ground out a really good three points at Adams Park because Wickham had by far the better chances in the first half. But if you don't take them, then they don't really count for anything, do they? And Barnsley took a very well-taken goal near the end for a classic smashing grab. And, and they're the sort of hallmarks and the three points you see for successful teams. So, yeah, full credit to Barnsley for that. But... Wickham played well, which gives you encouragement and you know and, and, and positivity to take into the next games. Um, I thought Charlton were a, a decent opponent at the Valley, and to go behind there and, and come back and get a point, I think was a was a point gain. Really disappointing to not beat MK Dons at home. Um, you know, we we gave away two sloppy goals, um, and yes, we've got injuries up front with no with no Gareth McCleary and and Sam Vokes, but we scored two goals at home. You'd, you'd expect that to be enough against the team uh, in the form that MK Dons have been in for the majority of the season, although they did come into the game on the back of three clean sheets and, and three one nil wins against their fellow strugglers. But, um, yeah, the performances have been there. I think Wickham have perhaps deserved a bit more. Um, but, you know, any team, again, a bit like the injuries can say that across the season. Um, but, yeah, I'm not worried because if, if we were in rotten form and not playing well, um, at this point, then I would be concerned. But the, the signs of positivity are there. Um, it'd be lovely if we could be a little bit more ruthless. I hope that starts on Friday. Um, um, but we're not far away, um, which is good to see. Yeah. Um, right, I'll, uh, let, let's talk about your next game then, because it does involve... Uh, well, I, I'm speaking from on behalf of every Wednesday fan. We, we need you to beat Ipswich, please. Just anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ipswich are on a fantastic run of form. What is it? Seven wins, no goals conceded. I mean, eight consecutive clean sheets as well. Uh, do you do you feel like you can go to... I mean, is, it, is it your place or is it... Uh, it's at yes, Portman it's, Road. It's yeah. at Portman Road, yeah. Going away to, to Ipswich, yeah. How, what's the confidence like going into that game where you're thinking getting anything would be a result, really? You know, the great thing about supporting Wickham is, is you go into games like that with no fear. Like I say, like the vast majority of the country will look at their long list on Saturday morning and tick home win. No one's expecting Wickham Wanderers to go there and get a result. And that's just how we like it. Um, but we know we can beat anyone in this division on our day. Um, we beat Ipswich at Adams Park uh, 1-0 uh, just before Christmas. Um, 
yeah, they, a lot of, a lot has changed actually for both clubs um, in between these games. Obviously, Wickham's we've spoken about, but but Ipswich weren't shy in the transfer market in January, and they've come really good as a result. Now we've seen the uh, the fruits of that. Now, as you just said, their record's pretty fearsome. But you know, we'll look at that records and think, well, they've not let a goal in for eight games. They've won seven in a row. Um, you know, that's got to change at some point. Why not on Friday? Why not against us? So, so yeah, we go into it fully believing that we can cause an upset, and if we don't, it's not a disaster. Yeah, Crunch. What do you, what do you say to that? You know, they're looking to cause an upset. I'm sure you'll be going in there massively confident, won't you? Yeah, I think with the with the run we're on, <laughs> obviously. Um... I think it was Valentine's night when we played Bristol Rovers. Uh, we drew nil-nil. We didn't play very well. Our captain had a little bit of a set-to with a few fans. And it was sort of the, the, the wheels were off, James. I know we'd played you. Um, that, that was a crucial game for me when we played you. And you were 2-0 up after about 25 minutes against us. Yeah. And My, Michael Smith goes through one-on-one with Christian Walton. Now, he should score there. If he does, it's 3-0 and you probably win that game. We yeah. We fought back. And we got a 2-2 draw, which on reflection was probably a vital point for us because uh, you'll be disappointed that you're obviously winning 2-0 like we were at Hillsborough early in the season. Look, we're taking great heart from the fact that we are the last team to have scored a goal against you. So uh, <laughs> when you, when well, We've scored 20 goals since you last scored against us without a team scoring. So, look, we, we've had some kind fixtures. When you look at the fixture list, we've played all the teams down the bottom. We've played Accrington, Forest Green, Burton, but you still have to beat them. But then we've, we've gone to people be saying the away games that we had, we went to Bolton and we won two nil. We went to Derby on Saturday and we had a, a fantastic two nil. win. we had a little bit of luck, we had a, they had a goal chalked off when it was one nil just into the second half. If that goes in at one, one, it could be a different game. It wasn't, we went on, we won the game. So we're going into Friday at home. I think we've um, we've sold out. I think Wickham are bringing about a massive 200 fans down, which I think is a bit <laughs> poor, if I'm honest, with a team chasing promotion. Um, but it's given us more tickets, so there'll be more of our fans in the ground. I'm going into that game. Look, I'm confident. I think at the minute, I'm looking at our remaining fixtures. I don't think we're going to lose another game, James. There's a, I, there's I, a fine line, though. That I'm living in dreamland. There's a fine line, though, between we, confidence and complacency, though. We've seen that in, you know, in the run yeah, that we've I'll been Yeah, I get on. that, because ev- everyone had you down as winning the league and it was probably between us Plymouth probably Barnsley going for second but I think now obviously with the results you've had the results that we've had it's like been a massive swing and it's it's a confidence thing at the minute we look confident we look like we're going to score goals we hardly give away any chances in games you know we've 776 minutes in the top five leagues in Europe we're top of like we haven't conceded a goal I think Juventus are behind us so yeah. On Friday, Wickham will come. If Wickham want to come and play football against us, fair play. If you want to come and play football, 99 times out of 100, we will beat any team that comes to Portman Road and wants to play football against us because we've got better players than these these other teams. That one time, maybe, it might be Friday, but if I was a Wickham manager coming to Portman Road and trying to go toe-to-toe with town, I wouldn't be doing that. That would be a mistake as far as I'm concerned. So if Wickham want to come and play football, James, fair enough. We'll send them pack him with no points and it'll be another three points for us. <laughs> Great stuff. Uh, yeah, we'll come to and talk about Ipswich in more detail uh, a little bit later on before, you know, with you two guys playing each other. Good to get your, your thoughts. Uh, Phil, go on then. Uh, before we move on and speak about Derby County, uh, I mean, h- how many points do you think Wickham are going to 
pick up in the uh, the remaining games and, and kind of where do you think you, you're gonna you're gonna finish? Because like I said, I think you know <laughs> top four is probably a, a bit of a stretch. Uh, well, it definitely is a stretch. Um, but you know, there's still the fifth and sixth places up for grabs, of course. Yeah, well, we don't mind as long as it's the public dotted line and it's still the fifth or sixth. We don't really mind. Phil, it's quite, he's quite muffled. I don't know if you. <clears throat> Sorry, mate. Yeah. There we go. Really, you know, fifth or sixth, we're not fussy. As long as it's one of those two, we don't really mind. Um, you know, but. Uh, where yeah, do you we'll think they'll finish, though? Where, you know, hand on heart, do you, where do you think it'll be? Um, well, it's normally pretty, um, it's normally pretty last minute with Wickham. We normally leave it to the wire to make it a bit exciting. I think we'll finish sixth on the final day of the season and that will do us. And obviously that final game is against, uh, is against Pompey as well, isn't it? Which could be, uh, like I say, could be pivotal. Um, I've got, a me- I've got a message from uh, forgotten Pompey goals as well. Just a reminder, you can tweet us at WTID pod or you just press the little, uh, um, speech icon on the bottom right and I will um, uh, I'll read some of the tweets out it says our rivals clearly think we are not in a race which is bizarre only three points off the playoffs dangerous to write us off in my opinion uh, yeah nobody was really forthcoming from Portsmouth to, uh, to come on tonight so uh, yeah we've not we've not forgotten about you um, but yeah if you want to come and, t- and talk about Pompey then just request a talk and we can uh, we can do that as well Phil massive thanks um, obviously do stick around because you can you know you can still you can still ask your own questions uh, to oh, any God, of you. I've got one more last point. To make. Yes, I'm of course, Phil. The um, size of away following on the League One table, I can't find that column anywhere. But am I missing something? <laughs> you get <laughs> apparently you get extra points for it, Phil. And if you yeah, would, yeah. if yeah, if you did, if you I can't it, find it, I think my computer's broken. Phil, it's all right. <laughs> if you did, we would be top of that as well, just like we are top of the league at the moment. So it's it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, cheers, Phil. Uh, thank you very much. Right, let's let's talk about Derby. We've got uh, Rams review with us as well um you know derby find themselves out of the playoffs for, for what feels like a, a very long time uh, i think you have to go back to christmas i do believe um until they were outside of the the top six and you know three consecutive two nil defeats haven't helped against fleetwood peterborough and of course now ipswich um which probably put an end to their slim automatic promotion hopes but playoffs uh are still you know well in uh well in reach um just want to unmute yourself um, and we'll we'll talk about derby what what's happened over the recent weeks what what have the performances been like because you know you've a bit like us dropped like a stone a little bit yeah it's um we've fallen off a bit of a cliff in in all fairness um it's obviously for anybody who, who follows Derby, it's, it's not been obviously the easiest of seasons after everything that went off with administration last year. Absolute rammed a squad together uh, in the summer. Whilst there was a few pretty decent names and I'm sure there's a few uh, few fans of a few clubs in the league looked and went, oh, aye, aye, you know, Derby, Derby have got a squad together. Um, we then obviously relieve uh, Liam Rossini of his managerial duties after, what, eight games and then, and then we bring in somebody who has obviously got experience at this level, but it's a completely different system. It's a completely different p- bunch of players that you know he didn't he didn't bring in, and it started to be. It's, he got he got a bit of a tune out of them to start off with. Had a pretty solid run. Obviously, I know you guys went on a similar one yourselves. We went seven, I think it was seventeen unbeaten in the league. Uh, or in all competitions uh, in between sort of back end of November to early January. But in all honesty, I think the only real teams of no disrespect, but of 
the quality that we played in that run was was Bolton twice, and we beat them at home and, and drew with them up there. Other than that, we played the teams down towards the bottom uh, and, and basically picked up the results that I think the majority, you know, were were expecting Derby to to do. And then, to be honest, Derby's run since about February. We've played Wickham away, we've played Barnsley away, we've played Ipswich at home. Um, there's a, there's a couple of other uh, we've played Plymouth away. I mean, our, our last five, six away have been have been treacherous. Uh, I think there's only Oxford away where we've we've picked up three points, and then obviously we we lost against Ipswich on Saturday, which was which was a tough one. Um, we've slipped up against Fleetwood, getting beat. We threw a two 0 lead away at home against Shrewsbury. Um, drew against Lincoln. Uh, it's the wheels have just started to fall off a little bit, but I, yeah, because I said you went on that massive long run, didn't you? And then yeah, it's been yeah. what three, seven defeats in probably what ten, eleven games or whatever, maybe a little bit more than that. Um, which yeah, like you know, you're all singing, you know, we're we're coming for you, you know, we're going to be top of the league and you know going to get promoted automatically, and then you know, lo and behold, as soon as you start doing that, that things start going a little bit wrong probably just looking at it is the FA Cup game against West Ham when things you know you bounce back with a good 5-0 win after that but yeah um, I mean just you, you mentioned the manager Paul Warren is he the man to to get you out of this league you know obviously if it's this this year, this season great but you know he's, he's been there and done that obviously with Rotherham and we know quite well um, you know a, a proper yo-yo side I, I, I can't remember how many promotions he's had but it seems like it's every other season he has a promotion and then a relegation um, so he, he knows how to get out of this league and do you think you know when he came in is, is that kind of did that encourage you let's say yeah, that's the thing. He has had a few promotions, but yeah, he's had those relegations as well. So uh, I'm I'm biding my time on that one. We'll, we'll have the promotion first, but yeah, I, I mean, I mean, look, just I'm, just on that as well. Derby are a much bigger club than Rotherham, and and you know, I mean, I saw some figures for how much you'd spent on uh, agent fees, uh, which mm. was absolutely you know, you know, I think that's more than Rotherham would ever spend, you know, in in about ten years. To be fair, so he's he's got a lot of money behind him, and he or, or he's certainly. Um, a lot more spending power, let's say. Yeah, I, I think just on that because I'm sure a few fans have looked at that. Um, obviously, um, seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds of that was actually debt from two years ago on agent fees from the administration. What our previous owner didn't pay. Uh, the actual figure for in the summer uh, in the, on the fifteen transfers that we brought in is more around two hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand, which yeah. actually obviously levels us out nicely in League One. But yeah, that figure does look a bit eye watering. But the club, uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the club released a statement on that about two weeks ago when all the fans started commenting on Twitter, going, "Why are we spending all this money when we're under transfer embargo?" But yeah, that, but yeah, that, that, that's that. But yeah, I mean. It's one of the, he, he's got pedigree, hasn't he? I mean, if you was to if you was to pull out a couple of managers' names over the last four or five years in League One, or probably go back a bit further, I think you'd say Paul Warren. You'd probably say Darren Ferguson at Peterborough, who obviously is there for the what the umpteenth time to and and has turned the steadied their ship since January and, and turned them around and really got them picking again. I mean. It's one of them, like you say. No disrespects to Rotherham, he is coming to a, a bit of a bigger club. He's going to certainly, I would hope, in the next eighteen months, when restrictions start to hopefully ease on Derby, that budget is going to be different. Um, it's going to be, but that comes with its own challenges, doesn't it? He, he's never had to, he's never had the money really. I suppose at Rotherham, he's had to wheel and deal. 
easy enough. I say easy enough. It, it's it's probably easier to wheel and deal getting out of League One, but then obviously when he's got back into when he's got them into the Championship, trying to pull together a Championship squad on that sort of a budget is obviously he's found tricky over the last couple of years. So. Um, the jury's. How, how are you feeling about him? You know, what about yourself personally? Are you are you happy with him so far? Yes and no. <laughs> He's sitting yes on the fence. No. He's sitting on the fence. Yeah, no, it, it, it's a yes and no because I don't particularly think Liam Rossini did a great deal wrong. Liam Rossini stuck with Derby last year through thick and thin, brought in all these players and then got the boot. I, and I really don't actually know why. And I've never really heard a good enough reason as to why he was he was given the sack. wasn't particularly on results. I think his last game we beat Wickham at home two one, and uh, we were seventh in the league. So it can't be anything to do with that. I, I'm really not hundred percent sure why that was, but he, he plays a style of football that I'm not that keen on. Um, from a personal point of view, a three five two, which he likes to play. He tried to play it when he first came in. Derby haven't got the team to, to play a three five two. He he soon worked that out and he changed it to a four three three and that's when we started on this fifteen game unbeaten run. And then obviously you say that, that West Ham um in the FA Cup, it was actually the, the Saturday before we, we lost to Wickham um, at Adams Park and that was the first defeat. Obviously very, very difficult place to go and it has been all season. But that was our first defeat in those fifteen, sixteen games. And then the FA Cup game came. And then obviously yeah we picked up against Morecambe but then after that it's been very, very hit and miss. Uh, a few key players have been out uh, and missed a few games, so he's chopped. He's had to chop and change. And then actually Saturday against Ipswich, he went back to the three-five-two for the first time since back end of October, November. And in the first fifteen minutes, we looked absolutely all over the place. Probably not the best game to have, to have done that. Um, I'm not saying that that would have made a massive difference on the results. I thought Ipswich were much better than Derby on Saturday, but it, it's he's doing too much chopping and changing. Um, he's, he's trying to get a tune out of him again, yeah. and obviously with seven eight games to go, it's not really the time that you want to be falling off the edge of your cliff with form. I mean, we were scoring goals for fun, and we haven't scored in the last four. I think we kept, in that run. I think we kept something daft like. 12, 13 clean sheets. And we, I don't think we've kept one for about eight games and we've conceded two in our last six, at least two in the last six, I think. Something ridiculous like that. And yeah. it's the same, it's practically the same personnel because obviously we haven't got a massive squad. Um, so there's not massively been changes. We've just had some of our better performers, I think, in that, in that unbeaten run. They've just started to come off the boil a little bit. I think they were performing at, a, at an elevated rate anyway. Uh, and they've just sort of plateaued out a little bit. And unfortunately, obviously, when seven or eight of your squad do that week in, week out, you, you're going to struggle no matter what division you're in. Yeah, d does the age of the squad kind of concern you? The reason why I say that is obviously we've got quite an old squad as well, and and it's kind of now when we've got to the end, end of the season where we're, we're starting to see, you know, um, you know, a few... You know, the defence looks a bit shaky at, at times. Uh, you know, results obviously aren't going our way. Um, you know, not, not to say that they look tired or anything like that, but and I know obviously 
you know, just because you're 30 odd years old doesn't mean that you can't run or you've lost your legs. There's a lot of fit players at, you know, at a, an older age, but you know, there is these kind of similarities with Derby and, and, and certainly us, you know, when you look at some of the, some of the players, you know, McGoldrick for one, I know he's scoring goals are fun, but you know, he's 35 years old, James Collins, 32, Mendes Lango, of course we had last season who, who didn't track back. I've still not forgiven him for against Sunderland. Um, he's 30 years old. You know, there's a lot of players that you've got Connor Horan 32 as well. Um, does that concern you at all? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, it does for the future, but obviously we in the summer we kind of had to put together what we what we had. Um, it's something that I think was pretty open, the club was pretty open and honest about in the summer, that there's a, there's a, a miss of those core 22, 23 to, you know, 27, 28-year-olds. We've got five or six under 21s, and then the rest of them are over 30. We we've not got none nobody in the squad. I don't think um, that you know in those if you want to call them prime prime years, which is obviously going to take its toll. And I think the other thing is Paul Warren, ex fitness coach. He came in and he he ran he ran them ragged in training. It got as I say it got a tune out of them. But like you say, when you're playing with players at the at the earliest stages of the career, when they they're probably not used to that. And obviously, the lads who are at the later stages of their career, who really, I suppose, don't don't want to be running as much as that. Um, yeah, it, it's going to have an effect, and and it has. There's there's no two ways about it. It has. Um, and yeah, it, again, it's one of those where the players, obviously, that we signed in in the summer, uh, a lot of those thirty plus year olds, they're only tied down to one year deals, so no matter what division Derby end up in in next season, you know, it's going to be another rebuild job. Um, we've just got to hope that we've got a bit more of a, a bit more of a play in terms of transfer embargo that we can actually, we can actually bring some players in that are in those sort of age, age brackets. Otherwise Derby going to have a difficult, difficult summer and uh, another season like this one, I think. Yeah. Um, what's the mood like around the, the Derby camp at the moment? I know you've gone, you know, uh, three games, three defeats. Uh, you know, we've not had a win in five games and the meltdown has been absolutely monumental. Uh, you know, fans saying we've bottled it, bottled jobs, you know, um, we've blown it, that's it. You know, we're not getting automatic promotion. I know obviously you're going for the for the playoffs, but what's has there been as much of a meltdown as there has been in Sheffield? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think we're... Our fan bases aren't too far alike with that. Uh, I think, in fact, they, obviously there's a lot of fan bases like that up and down the country, but yeah. Uh, Derby, Derby have got a fan base. Not all of them, I have to point that out, but a fair few of them that they like nothing better than to be able to criticise. Um, yeah, th- there has been a bit of a meltdown. Um, I suppose there is a similarity there, you know, between ourselves, you know, not to be, not to sound entitled, but you know, two big clubs uh, in in this league that probably feel like they they shouldn't be in League One. I know, obviously, things have happened, which mean that we are where we are, and that is what it is. But you know, that, that I suppose there is. I, I liken Sheffield Wednesday to Derby as much as I don't want to admit that. Admit that, but <laughs> but here we go. Uh, but you know, what I mean, in terms of the size of the club and 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 where they've been in the past, etc. Yeah, there is, and I think certainly from you know a Derby fan base, we, we all we expect, and I think this is all really you can expect for for clubs of us, you know, at this level, is that you just expect one hundred percent effort, and I think it's, I think I'm fair in saying 
certainly against Fleetwood, we didn't turn up. Ipswich on Saturday, we played a lot better. We played better, just the better team beat us. Um, but you know, there's no disrespect to Fleetwood. They they turned up and and they beat us. But yeah, I, I think the one thing that you can ex- you hope to expect certainly at home is 100% effort. And there has been a couple of games where the whole squad's been questioned. There's been a couple of games recently where individuals have been um, have been had the finger pointed at by fans and by the manager without saying it um, in the last just before just before Saturday. And then in the last two games, he hoiked Conor Oran off after 40 minutes um, and then benched him uh, on Saturday against Ipswich. So. You know, there's obviously something, something not quite right there as well. Um, yeah, but yeah, there's there's accumulation of things at the minute going on at Derby, um, and none of them are really helping. And obviously, as I said earlier, it's it's the it's the wrong end of the wrong end of the season for this to be happening. Yeah, go on then. Uh, before we move on and, and talk about Bolton, uh, where do you think Derby are going to finish? You know, and just in terms of the games that you've got coming up, you've got Forest Green next away from home. Watching out a, a really good side, Forest Green. I must have to say, you know, fantastic team. For um, um, so yeah, do watch out for that one. And you've got MK Dons, Bristol Rovers, Exeter, Burton, Pompey, which could be a, another big game. And then of course you play us, which I was hoping was going to be a bit of a dead rubber come the end of the season. Yeah. Um, it might not be, and it, and you know, I was all saying, I hope we don't need to, you know, play Derby at home expecting a result, but it might mean that. Both of us could be wanting results come, uh, you know, come the seventh of May. Yeah, certainly not a, at the beginning of the season. It was a fixture that we looked at and went, "Oh God, I hope it doesn't. What? Hope it doesn't go down to that." Obviously, being an optimistic Derby fan at the beginning of the season. Um, to be honest with you, I think I know this isn't a sit on the fence answer as such, but it is at the same time. I think it completely depends about this Easter weekend. If Derby can somehow, I mean. Yeah, Forest Green, I appreciate they got the result against you guys, <laughs> yeah. but they are sat bottom of the league. Yeah. Milton Keynes, second, uh, what, uh, two places above the relegation zone at home. They should be games that Derby normally would be going into fully confident and, and expecting six points from. The form says otherwise. I don't honestly believe if Derby don't come out of these two with six points, I don't think Derby finishing the playoffs. I really don't. Um, I think the rock is would have already by that point is would have set in, and then like you say, a trip to Bristol Rovers never easy. We go to Exeter on a Tuesday night um, after the Bristol Rovers, so a big trip down to Bristol, big trip down to Exeter in the space of three days. We then play Burton, who we can never get a result against, um, and then two and massive then, games at the end as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think this I think this Easter weekend, as is a lot of the time in in the EFL. Um, it, it, it'll shape up, it, it'll shape the league up. And I think if Derby can get through these two somehow with six points, I think they, they fight to live another day. I, if they if they don't come out with maximum points, I think I think they'll tail off, to be perfectly honest with you. And I, I can see them, I, in fact, I can out of this mini league that we're talking about now, I can see Derby finishing at the bottom of that sort of ninth sort of ninth place yeah Mass- right massive thanks for uh, for joining do really appreciate it. I said do stick around if you uh, if you can I'm just going to read a few tweets out and then we'll speak to uh, Trotter Chatter uh, about Bolton uh, just a few of them have uh, got Daniel O'Reilly come on you tractor boys clearly obviously a, an Ipswich fan uh, Liam uh, a Bolton fans but will um, 
I wouldn't want Plymouth in the playoffs. I hope they go up automatics. They're, they'll be after revenge if we got them. Uh, I think no one would fancy us at Wembley now. Uh, I'd like to get fourth realistically uh, for the second leg at home. Uh, he also goes on to say, and commiserations to Argyle. We've all been there. Uh, we know how much it hurts. Uh, David Snelson, thanks, guys. In a hotel in the middle of Holland with work and delighted to be able to listen to you for an evening of entertainment. Cheers, David. Um, and then Daniel Patrick, uh, Wednesday fans, but uh, just a bit of fun. If you could take seven players from the other promotion contenders, which players would you have to improve the Wednesday squad? He said, currently I'd take Chaplin, um, Hardy, Luke Connell uh, from Barnsley, Santos from Bolton, Ward from Peterborough, Cashin from Derby, uh, and Tafazoli from uh, from Wickham. Um, I'll read one more out. Uh, another uh, Bolton fan, Baldwin. Hope Ipswich or Barnsley knock Plymouth out of the uh, automatics. Another one, Jack Snelling. Where's Liam Russell? I want to know his views on Super Massimo Luongo. Um, and then, yeah, and then Shippo's put. It was a it was a Derby fan. Derby will finish outside the playoffs. Um, so yeah, right. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, Bolton then. Um, obviously, I just want to say as well, welcome to Gabe, uh, Gab for joining us. Uh, also, we'll come to you in a in a second and get your thoughts on the this promotion race as well. So thanks for joining. Um, right, let's talk about Bolton. Like I said, uh, sixteen points adrift with twenty four points to play for. It's almost impossible for them to get into the top two, uh, but being just you know two points ahead of sixth playoff isn't obviously quite confirmed just yet. Um, first of all, Wembley, Pizza Cup, 4-0 hammering over Plymouth. Must have been a great day out at the weekend. Well, at the moment, things generally can't get any better. Uh, if you're looking for optimism, you're very much going to get that from me today. Um, so are, you, are you still on cloud got... nine, are you, after that weekend? Oh, the uh, the vibe around the club at the minute is absolutely brilliant. Um, generally, I was having a look at our upcoming games, and... I, I couldn't put us down to lose any of them. We're that, we're that confident that we're going to push on um, after arguably the best football game I've ever been to. Um, it, it's brilliant at the moment. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, because to be fair, you weren't, you know, you'd lost, well, you're not winning your last four. Um, you know, defeats to Portsmouth, a draw to Morecambe, uh, defeat to Ipswich, which, you know, everyone loses to Ipswich at the moment. Uh, and then, uh, you know, you drew to us, which seemed ages ago. I mean, we've played, uh, what, another another four games since that uh, that Friday night draw. Um, and, and obviously, you know, you didn't play at the weekend, obviously, you know, well, didn't play in the league at the weekend. Um, so you, I suppose you went into it not in not in great form, um, but I suppose the, the little break did you a world of good. Yeah, well, I think I think last time we spoke just before our uh, that that brilliant draw, what we got at your place, um, which felt like a win to be honest. The, the the guys were tired. We had a lot more games than um, the the rest. We, we played a lot more games in the rest of the league, and we, we were sort of judging off points on the board and looking at all these games and how these other teams had, and, and we needed the rest. And we just looked like a fresh team, and it, it was brilliant to see. Um, like obviously, you mentioned Kachunga, how um, basically your, what, your fans he apparently scored a fantastic goal at the weekend, didn't he? He did, and do you know what? I've never seen the man play as well in my life. He had a brilliant performance. It was it was players like him who, who, who you wouldn't want to dote on. Uh, he ended up playing because um, various players were were cup tied, uh, and he, he was phenomenal. And and he, he was he just all, almost made made the day even better. Obviously, after his little boxing match he had at Forest Green <laughs> when he got sent off. Um, well, he didn't get sent off. Dion Charles got sent off in his place, and. 
Yeah, it's just it's just been a bit. It's, it's always a roller coaster with Bolton, and we're sort of hopefully on the way up now um, towards the playoffs. It's funny you said that being a roller coaster. I've got I've got down here since 2011, 2012. You had four relegations and two promotions. Obviously, you're trying to get back into the uh, the championships. It's never really a dull moment, is it? Being a a Wanderers fan at the moment. No, um, it isn't, and it. it it has been a very, very, very difficult past 10 years since the last time we were at Wembley. And uh, and I think most Bolton fans will agree that this is the, the most stable and the best team we've had since since playing in the Premier League. We've got a manager who, who's committed to the club, who has a plan, year-on-year uh, year progression. And, yeah, um, we're, we're hoping that continues. Um, uh, less of the downs and more of the ups, really. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, what were your expectations at the, at the start of the year when you when you were coming into this? Did you expect to be, uh, you know, in the hunt for the playoffs? Was it was it automatics that you were kind of looking at, or you know, where, where did you think you'd be? Right. So we we actually did um, when I first launched the podcast um, at the beginning of this season. We did like a, a full on season prediction. Uh, we put you guys at top. You know, I don't uh, look. I don't look at mine from the one that we added at the start of the season. I think <laughs> oh, we were well off with some of them. Like yeah, MK Dons and, yeah, that's there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we had you guys at top. Uh, then Ipswich second, and I think we put ourselves third before messing about with it and putting ourselves in promotion. But we generally thought we'd we'd be up there. Um, obviously, we had a good draw against Ipswich early on in the season and a, a great win against Wickham early on. And um, we 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 generally thought we were in a shape for um for promotion and we had a we had a bit of a mad moment after Christmas obviously beating Barnsley at their place a five nil win at Posh and we got there again we were sniffing around third um and and then a, a very poor run of form again and we're hoping we just have that one big up now really because we've got arguably the easiest run going um like I said, I've looked at our fixtures and I can't see us losing any of them. We've got teams like Cambridge, got Burton, Fleetwood. Yeah, I think um, I think he's yourself and Plymouth have got two of the you know in terms of like the the top eight, the easiest running in terms of like the average league position of your your opponents. Yeah, there's not many. You know, most of the teams are in the in the bottom half, aren't they? Really? I think it's only um, just just looking now he's on the Bristol Rovers. I think who were who were in the top half of the league and maybe Exeter as well. You've, you've got. Um, who you've got at the weekend. I just want to say as well, I've got a Plymouth fan just said, PAFC displays. I wouldn't say Bolton were amazing on the weekend. We were very, very poor. We gifted Bolton three of the four goals. Fair play to Bolton. Uh, they capitalised on our mistakes. Anyone who has watched any one of our games this year will know that's nowhere near the levels that uh, that we have set. I mean, who's been your key player um, this season um, at Bolton? There has been an issue with consistency. Um, the the with he's I think like a lot of teams there's been a lot of chopping and changing. Um, Connor Bradley on loan from Liverpool has been um, excellent for us. Another loan, E James Trafford from City. Um, it's a bit sad that we've fallen in love with these loan players, but the, the consistency is there. Obviously, uh, I, know what, I always Charles. tell myself never to fall in love with loan players, but it happens every single. Mark McGuinness, it, obviously impossible. early on this season, he went back to he went back to Cardiff. Um, yeah, I, I fell in love with him far too easily. To be fair. So like Mr. Bannon as well, we didn't want him to go. Um, Luka Cukovic to uh, to Birmingham. There's, there's been obviously many more in the past, like Sturridge and Wilshire when when we used to play up in the Dizzy Heights. But um, obviously Santos, our captain, he was out for a while. Um, we, we actually played very well without him, but the difference with him in the team and... Um, 
sort of the game was won for us, I think, um, at Wembley was because of our two midfielders of um, Morley and Dempsey um, and arguably Josh Sheehan as well. Um, very, very key and they're not being budged out of the team um, and they, they, they've been the key stars for us, I would say. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, in terms of like the... You know the, the the games that you've got coming up, and if he said that the comp, you know uh, the mood in the, in the camp is high. Obviously, you know you've just won a won a trophy, probably the, f- the first time in what feels like forever as well. Um, you know, it's it's weird that you said that because, like I said, you, you're four games without a win in the league. But I'm guessing you're feeling that 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 winning the cup is going to really push you on in them final. Was it seven or eight games? Yeah, um, basically after our sort of. Um, Basically, after playing Wickham, I think that was like uh, late February. Um, the, the the form dropped, and you know what you know what it's like when the form drops. Um, as Derby fans were saying, like uh, that the rock continues, and it's hard to get out of it. And it just takes those those big moments for me. And um, the second half at your place, um, uh, I just felt like we switched it on. And although we did get get the um, the, the the draw, it felt like a win. And and You've got to ride that, I think. Um, you've got to ride the... I'm just hoping we're not going to have a hangover game now, like when we beat Accrington Stanley in the semi-finals. That, 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 that's a slight worry, but like I said, confidence is high and, and I, Bolton fans can be quite toxic and, and, I'm, and I'm just enjoying the fact that we're, we're, all, we're all sort of in it together and backing the team and the manager at the minute. I mean, if you were to finish inside the playoffs, uh, you know, there were, I read a tweet out earlier saying you kind of don't want to uh, face Plymouth. Uh, who, who was the team that you kind of want to avoid if you did get to, to Wembley, let's say? Okay. Um, it's, it's, it's that team that I think we're going to finish fifth. Um, we've hardly moved from fifth all season. Um, so in this case, it would mean Barnsley we'd play. Uh, we've already played Barnsley three times this season and uh, I'd be happy with that. Um, it's that team who drops into third, I think. Um, Ipswich, obviously, really tough side. I, I, I'd rather play Plymouth over Sheffield than Ipswich, I think. Um, you de- definitely avoid avoid you guys and um, and the Tractor boys. Yeah, the thing is, I always think it's tricky. The, the team, that I mean, when we got to the uh, playoff final, what, 2015-16, um, and we played Hull, we obviously, we beat Brighton. I think they dipped out on automatic on was it goal difference on the final day of the season. Um, so obviously they were sick as a parrot, and you know we we managed to turn them over, having just scraped into six. So sometimes you think you know there's a massive momentum shift, and I think whoever finishes third this season is going to kind of um, be that team that you know gutted that they, you know they'll, they'll probably finish on a on a points to tally that's going to be good enough in in some past seasons to have maybe even won the league to be honest so i think the you know if, if anything the team finishes six might might even get a, an easier ride even though on paper it probably looks more more difficult but you know look in- at uh, look at nottingham forest <laughs> there's a great example for you like they they just scraped it and and then they were they, they, they sort of rolled it didn't they and and, and ended up winning so yeah it's it's a, it's a very good point yeah it's it's, it's, it's difficult you like on paper you'd say look i don't want to play any of the the teams in the top three currently but but you know it, it's, it's you know it comes down to just you know three games of football ultimately done it and and things can always uh always change uh, right we're gonna uh, let's move it on to uh to barnsley like i said do stick around if you uh if you can before i do speak Thank to you, you. Much, yeah nice nice one before i speak to you alan i'm just gonna bring gabe in as well gabe how are you pal you're all right 
had I've just had a buy an onion ring. <laughs> <laughs> they caught, caught you off guard. I can come back to you, you in a did. couple of minutes if that's all right. Or you're, are you okay? Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. Uh, let, well, we're, we're talking about you know the the top four sides, and I'm just going to be talking about Barnsley in a second. But I just want to get your kind of overall thoughts on the you know before we talk about the teams that are vying for the top two spots. Um, I mean, we were everyone had us as going to be running away with it, and I think you know we I were mega confident couple of weeks ago before we played you know, before we played you know Bolton and then of course a, a defeat to Barnsley but it's it's all kind of all concertinaed up and it's getting very very close at that top and uh, especially after this weekend it, you know it might be even closer might not it yeah, absolutely. I just want to uh, touch on the, um, the, the the point that's been made about who you'd want to play in the playoffs. And um, I hate to say this on a Wednesday podcast, but I think if you're a team that finishes in the playoffs, I think I'd probably quite like to play Sheffield Wednesday if I'm not playing the team that finishes sixth, because I do think that there's question marks over Derby and yeah, Peterborough are pretty inconsistent. But I think... Sheffield Wednesday, you seem to have hit the hit a bad runner form at completely the wrong time. Whereas sides like Barnsley have had, you know, tough parts of the season. Even Ipswich, they had a really bad January. I think it was Barnsley had, um, was it four games without a goal at one point? I think around November time. But they've all, Ipswich and um, and Barnsley have all come into form and look absolutely brilliant at the moment at exactly the right time. Yeah. I think even Kansargal, I think there's a smoothness to the way they play, a synergy about them that I'd put in the same category as Ipswich and Barnsley. But I think for Sheffield Wednesday, they looked a little bit disjointed. There was a period probably in February where I thought, you know, in spite of that, because of the depth of the squad, I thought you'd get over the line. But now with the injuries, I mean, I don't know how long George Byers is going to be out. Probably for, for the season, like if I'm re- re- reading between the lines, yeah. Well, that's a that's a massive uh, that's a massive play for your lot. So if I'm in the position of a Bolton, I'm probably thinking I would want to play Sheffield Wednesday. I'd be quite confident of taking Wednesday on if I was in Bolton shoes. Yeah, I mean the only thing I'd caveat that by saying is that I mean there's still seven in our case, seven games, eight for for others. You know, um, Ipswich have won the last seven, which is obviously why everyone's thinking they're in excellent form, which of course they are. But you look at their previous seven games: one win, two defeats, and four draws. Which you know, there's five games there where they picked up you know four points and then and a but defeat do you not want momentum at this stage of the season no of, of course but what i mean what i'm saying is this you know the, the, the we could easily well not easily but i suppose if we if we win his next seven we, we go up as as champions pretty much i don't think there's anyone gonna gonna go yeah. on a similar run but point being um the form can quickly change. You know, I, I do, I do agree with what you're saying. If the, if the season was to finish now and you could pick any team in the top six to to play in a playoff game, you obviously, yeah, you'd definitely play us because I mean, we are in dire straits at the moment, and you know, five mm. games without a win is is really poor. Um, you know, the the mood. especially this season where it feels like that at this stage there's just a relentlessness. I mean, I think I've I've seen Barnsley live a couple of times. They've been absolutely outstanding. I think they've got. From Probably the best manager in the league in, in Michael Duff or, or certainly up there. Um, they look so fluid. I just think with Sheffield Wednesday, and I felt this all season to an extent, they've got some individual quality undoubtedly, but I've not seen that same sort of smoothness about the way they play. I don't think they're as well coached as some of the other sides like Argyle under Schumacher, Ipswich under McKenna, uh, Barnsley under Duff. 
uh, that's probably where I, that, in my opinion, that's Sheffield Wednesday's Achilles heels. Uh, so I saw the um, the 5-2 against MK Dons, where the first half was actually really unconvincing. And then Lee Gregory came on for Will Volks and he did end up winning 5-2 and it was much better. Yeah, but I kind of have to agree with you, really, in that in the, this season, I, I don't, I could probably count on one hand the actual, you know, really good games that we've had in terms of good performances. We've In, in most cases, we've just kind of, you know, got an early goal, shut up shop and and kind of controlled the game and not you know and, and nullify the opposition kind of thing whereas you know there's been other teams you know that have been, have looked really impressive uh, i mean i suppose you watch more football from other teams than than what i do obviously all we look at um is just the results sometimes and you know you catch sure. little bits here here there and everywhere so it, sometimes it can be quite easy like you just said there you know, five two against mk dons but rubbish in the first half anyone else looking thinks well that was a They've hammered him, and they've, and they've you know they've wiped the you know wiped the floor with him. So yeah, it's a, mm. it's a great point. Go on, before we we'll come to uh, Alan in a, in a second, but I just want to who do you think is going to occupy those top two spots? We've already been talking about Sheffield Wednesday. I, I'm guessing you're not you're not going to think we're going to stay at the top for much longer. I, I feel like I feel like you might drop out for for a long time. I was saying you might just hold on, but I think the standards that have been set by. Argyle, Dancy and Ipswich makes me think it'll be two of those three. If you're pushing me for a top two now, I probably would say Argyle and Ipswich go up automatically. And I think Barnsley win the playoffs. Well, that'd be... Uh... That would, would, that would be not very good at all. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. Sorry. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Do, do stick around because I do want your input on what other people have been saying. But I'm going to come to Alan uh, if we if we can. Alan, mate, how are you, pal? You all right? All right, thank you. Good, good, good. Um, like I said, we'll talk, we'll talk about Barnsley now. Um, now, obviously, Bolton just beat, beat Plymouth in their cup final. You beat us the other week in your cup final. Um, jokes aside, the celebrations looked great from where I was sat, but what, what was it like for you uh, on that uh, midweek? You know, was it Tuesday Tuesday evening? It was Tuesday evening, wasn't it? What, what a first, what, it 12 minutes? Couldn't believe we were still celebrating that first goal, not next minute. Uh, Grandad Norwood's got got second, hasn't he? And I couldn't I couldn't really believe it. Uh, it was a great game to to watch for a neutral, and then uh, you got that that one back, uh, and that second half come out, and you got your second, didn't you? And you put us on back foot. You yeah, really I must have. Joe, I, I, and I thought, yeah. We say now that uh, obviously Aidan Flint had that chance when it was two two, and and I, and I still stand by what I say. If, if Aidan Flint scores that uh, scores that effort. Then I think we're going to win that game. As it happened, he didn't. Uh, you went down the other end and got the third and made it three two. And 
And that was kind of it. It was almost game over. I know we had a few and, and chances that last after goal, that. No, by, by Keach. I mean, look, look at that 96 minute and he busts a gut to run full length at pitch to get that fourth goal. I mean, that's good commitment from our squad and our team. Uh, it's tremendous. And I mean, what made a difference on that uh, that night as well when we played, yeah, were it's, Harry, it's Eisted. Keeper, we've got on loan from. Oh, Wilton. he pulled off a fantastic, some tremendous save. Yeah, he pulled off and a fantastic since... save from uh, from Michael Smith in the in the first half. I think that was just before half time, wasn't it? Where I've no yeah. idea how he managed to uh, managed to do that. The header, you know, bullet header. Um, yeah, much to our demise, really. Um, we did find and that. It's made, a, it's made a difference. I mean, Brad Collins got injured, uh, I think March, and uh, he's come in, and it has been tremendous for us. I mean, they. They bought Jack Walton, got Jack Walton, and we got him uh, in January window. And January window made a big difference for us. I mean, Bobby Thomas from Burnley, uh, and Bobby Thomas is a good defender, side of Maz Anderson, and then uh, Max Waters, and he's scoring as well. Uh, Cardiff, we got him from, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, just looking at your, your form, 11 wins in your last 14 games is obviously an amazing return. I was, I was going to ask you what's been the difference, but I'm guessing you're probably going to say, well, like you just said now, January, you know, the January transfer window. It, it is, and, and, and players coming in and fitting into Michael Duff's philosophy on how to play football, and he always says, we play each half of the time. We don't concentrate on 90 minutes. If it's not gone right, we come back second half to put music on in the dressing room, and it start again. Uh, and just a, a start for you from uh, BFC stats, uh, We've scored more goals, 24, in our last seven games than we did uh, in 2021-22 season, which were 23. That's unbelievable that we're scoring for fun. Uh, and we, we couldn't early on in the season put his chances away. Now we're so clinical, aren't we? Four against Derby, three against Portsmouth, three against Plymouth, four against yourself. We had a blip, uh, losing at Exeter, and then five on Saturday against Morecambe. I, I mean, it's booming for to Oakwell. Yeah, I mean, just on that um, blip against Exeter, do you, do you think that's going to cost you? Uh, obviously, you're five points adrift of, of the top two now. Um, I know you've obviously got a game in hand over us, but you know, uh, you're still five points adrift of Plymouth as well. Um, as I said, do, do you think that's going to cost you, or do you think you've got enough in the tank with you know in the remaining games to kind of? overturn that five-point deficit? There's there's more in tank uh, because I think out there all sides who are challenging now to go up automatic, I think we've got the best bench going. You know, we've got strength in depth now off bench. Uh, Josh Benson, Luke Thomas, Max Waters, John Russell, Tedich. You know, we, we've got a strong bench and Michael Duff utilises the five subs very well. Yeah, I mean, just just on Michael Duff as well, obviously you were chopping and changing managers more times than I've had hot dinners at, at one point. Um, you know, every other week, it was almost like you'd, you'd, your manager had been sacked and someone else had come in. Um, do, do you think you found that, you know, the one in, in, in Duff to, to take you forward? Uh, definitely so. I mean, you know our fan base, Alec, were broken last season, you know, uh, not a penny more, Conway out, and it, a lot of fans were disenfranchised with our, our club. Now, you saw at Hillsborough and away teams are coming, and just look, we're bouncing, aren't we? We're bouncing. The unity of our fan base and the club now is it, it, it just immense, and he fetched Martin Patterson from America, or his, uh, I think he was his roommate, and he played with him at Burnley. And then he's got Martin Devaney, who's been a staunch 
at Barnsley. It, it, it's, it's amazing. They were all all together, and uh, the the know from Cheltenham. I think Martin when we might love at uh, Cheltenham. Uh, and I said at the beginning of the season, I ran a Reddles Hove show. I, I fancied second. I predicted second. And uh, you know where. I will ambassador on our show. What what are you thinking, Alan? But I believed in Duff. I really believed in Michael Duff. And we didn't do well to start the season at Plymouth, you know. We 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 got Callum Styles and some players who didn't want to play. And Plymouth on that first day could have scored four or five against us and we lost one nil. So it, it's a big difference what he's done and how he's progressed our football club. Yeah, I mean, like, like I said, you're eating form. At, well, I want to say at the right time, but you know you, that that run started really at the end of January, so it's just it's just kind of continued. Were there any point during that run where you're thinking, oh, it's gonna gonna come to an end at some point? Yeah, this is not like normal thing to do. And you know, I know we felt the, the same. You know, the the 23 game unbeaten run that we run. I'm, you know, sometimes glass off, uh, half empty when you're thinking, oh well, you know, we're bound to lose at, at some point. Maybe it's going to be this week. Did Did you ever think like that, or did, or were the performances that good that you just thought it was going to keep carrying on and on? The performances are good from 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 front to back. Uh, and it's amazing what we've got. I mean, Maz Anderson is captain fantastic for me. Uh, he's a leader. You've got Kitchen and Williams. Uh, you've got wing backs, uh, Nicky Cadden. Uh, and up front, as I said, Cole now and Devante Cole. A lot of a lot of fans didn't didn't like Devante, but under Michael Duff, he's got the best out of him. He really has the best out of Devante Cole, and I can see as as I said, pushing up even further up league. Uh, the biggest game we've got coming up is on twenty fifth of April, which is the rearranged game on Tuesday night against Ipswich. Yeah, that, as a as a Wednesday fan, that's that is key. That is massive. That's the one thing that we're kind of holding his hope onto is that you know the, the game in hand that that you uh, you two. Have got is against each other which like I said I mean the landscape could have changed massively by the time you two play each other um, what there's you know four or five games until that point um, but yeah it's, that is going to be huge I'm just going to read a few tweets out like I said you can tweet us at WTID pod uh, and I will read a few of them out uh, Lyndon just replying to you um, Alan saying have you not seen that town bench lol I'm obviously uh, an Ipswich fan um, just read one from Izzy, who was a Wednesday fan. The more I think about it, the less I think it's that we're missing buyers, but they were missing confidence after that Barnsley game. We played a very similar lineup to now, but uh, but the, with a different defence for the first half of the season, and we're winning games more convincingly. Um, and then Mark Reed, another Wednesday fan, surprised. Uh, Gab thinks we're going to hold on to a playoff spot. Um, so yeah, definitely a pessimistic owl in Mark thinks we're going to drop like a stone. Um, and I was going to read. Uh, read one more no we'll uh, we'll we'll carry on um let's say just looking at the um the games that you've got coming up alan um over this you know where easter period you've you, you go to burton on friday and then you've got shrewsbury on uh, on easter monday um i mean look these these perhaps easier teams to play i know burton have a little bit of form of late um but how confident you are you going into those two games? Because I think it is massive that over Easter, you know, games come thick and fast, and you know, six points up for grab. You know, depending on how the results go, things could be a lot different, can't they? They certainly can, and you know, 
you can't predict really. Uh, two games are never the same. Uh, Kate and I are going on Good Friday uh, to Burton. It's, it's going to be a tough game, but I still think we can come away with points. And then on Shrewsbury, uh, Paul Eggie, a Barnsley fan uh, on Twitter, put if we beat Shrewsbury on Easter Monday, it will be eight straight home wins for the first time since 1955. That was a year after I was born. And when you think about it, that shows how we've progressed. Yeah, I mean that's that, that is amazing. Is it, has Oakwell been the difference? A bit of a a bit of a fortress, um, you know. Because I, I know these when you look at Plymouth. I mean ourselves, we've you're the only side to have beaten us at, at Hillsborough this season um, on a on a decent unbeaten run at home as well at the moment. Um, do you think that's been the been key that when sides have come to to Oakwell, they very rarely go away with any points. It is, but it's not being a foster. It's not for fans anyway. Uh, it only started against Derby County when they said, uh, buy your scars, fetch your scars for the Derby game. You know, let's uh, show you how you've, seen, you've seen 14. And that's where it started. Yeah, you've seen 14 wins there. I mean, one draw and uh, and four defeats. There's only, uh, there's only Plymouth that have, that have had more home wins uh, in, in 17. Of course, they, they don't lose at all at, at home but but you know that that's a lot of that's a lot of games uh, at home that you've seen win oh it is and it's not it's not been like that for a few seasons has it you know uh, it, it was in lockdown when we got valerian ishmael when we got to, to championship playoff against uh swansea uh when none of us actually were in to see see that i managed to get to the playoff final uh semi-final uh we're only about three or four thousand in uh but as I said, we, we had that where we were we were awful under two managers, and we got out at championship, and it, we couldn't buy a win, could we? But now it's it's, it's solid at Oakwell. Uh, Bolton stuffed us at Christmas. Well, I think three 0 didn't they? Uh, so I can see I can see us pushing on. I can see us pushing on, and we're we're what 38, 70, 75 points, uh, all to play for now for for all of us, really, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm just looking. It's 11 wins out of your last 12 at home. Um, the only defeat was the one you said against uh, against Bolton in in that run since what the 29th of October. So yeah, a lot of lots of visit, you know, all your visits to Oakwell recently have, have obviously ended up in uh, in three three points, much to our demise, of course. Go on then. And there's home games we've got, as you say, we've got Shrewsbury on Easter Monday. We've got Oxford. Ipswich and that last day, day at season not seventh, it's Peterborough at home. Yeah, I mean they're not they're not easy games though. How many points do you think you're gonna um finish with and well not necessarily how many points you're gonna finish with, but where where do you think you're gonna come? I know you've kind of uh, said you're gonna finish second. Is that is that what you think? You're gonna manage to sneak into the automatics and bounce back into into the championship at first time of asking? As I say, it'd be nice to do that. I, I... If we don't get up the, the, this season, it's all as you well know. It's all as hard to get out of League One, isn't it? It's not not an easy league to get out of, and it's become a mini championship at top, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, with teams over there, so it's it, it's tough. Uh, I hope we can go up automatic. Uh, it could be the fact that if it's which don't get there, we might go back to Wem Wembley again in playoff final, like we did in two thousand. But that winning championship, I just hope if we do get them this down, it's a better result. Yeah, go on. If you had a, if you had a tenner, uh, Alan, uh, to to put a bet on, 
where you are you putting it on them finishing the top two, or are you or are you thinking playoffs? I'm, I'm still I'm still sticking to to what I thought at the start of the season, and still believe in Michael Duff, and I still believe in Reds that uh, when on this good a run that uh, you know we can, we can just steamroll steamroll as road as well to the second spot. Yeah, I mean, if I don't... not if not title, I don't know. Oh God, that's <laughs> going for the title as well. I mean, look, well, you, there's no reason why not to. I mean, if you come at the moment, if you if you if you're second, you you pretty well you're first as well in terms of you know we're tied on points with, with Plymouth at the moment, so you know nobody's really running away with it, even though you know, you'd, you'd have thought we were uh, a few weeks ago. Um, Alan, massive thanks for joining. I do really do really appreciate. It. Do do stick around, but we're going to be talking about Ipswich now as we're getting closer to the uh, closer to the top of the league. Um, we, we've Cruncher from Talking Town. Cruncher, mate, you all right, pal? Yeah, all good, mate. Enjoying listening to uh, the guys. He, he was quite, he was quite confident, Al, and then he sounded like he weren't, and then he sort of, um, he had a win in the league in the end. <laughs> well, do you know what? The, the daft thing is, all those things are possible. Um, you know, going into the final seven, eight games of the season, you know, look where we could have been. You know, we were all thinking we were already up, uh, already champions and, and things like that. And things have, you know, five games and it's all come crumbling down. It all does can can really change massively. One thing I would say, you know, um, for, for us, Friday is a, is a massive must-win game. I think it, it, we were probably saying it uh, against um, Lincoln at the weekend. We probably said it against Cheltenham to a certain degree, but I think, you know, for certainly for us, we need to we need to stop this little little rot um, massively. Um, let's let's talk about Oxford's episode. last win was against against us, by the way, in the fog. If anyone remembers that yeah, game, I, I do remember that game. I went, I went to that game, and I, I still can't believe to this day that the game finished because <laughs> it, it was a joke. It was an absolute joke, and you think, yeah, it was. It's, it's typical town that, that that's the only game they've won. Um, obviously, they've got Liam Manning now, so that, that'll be a tough game for you, James, obviously with the run that you're on. Well, look, you, need, we, you really do need to win that game, don't you? Some people call us Charity FC, mainly for last season. You know, Any team that was on a bad um, bad run of, of no wins... You know, just wait and see players, and then you'll soon uh, you'll soon stop that. Um, obviously, that was the case with Forest Green. Uh, uh, you know, the other, the other weekend. Um, I hope it's not the case with with Oxford on uh, on Friday afternoon. But let, let's talk about Ipswich then. Seven wins, seven clean sheets. Uh, what you said, tw- twenty. I, I've got it down as eighteen, but if you said twenty. Maybe my maths is a little bit wrong. Um, obviously, an incredible run of form, seemingly unstoppable. What, what's been the difference in those games, other than Massimo Luongo? Because I have seen that. He came into the side when you uh, when you started that long, you know, winning run. Yeah, when we when we signed him, it was a bit like, obviously, look, he was a good player. Poor injury record, you know. Weird, he hadn't. He went to Middlesbrough, James, and he didn't play, and he didn't play a minute for them. Yeah. So we've obviously signed him with the link. Obviously, Kieran was at Spurs. Michael Carrick was at United with Kieran. So I think that's sort of probably helped that he's come to the football club. We've had him, we had him before he was on loan when he was a younger player, but now he's coming to the team and it's just touch wood that he can stay fit until the end of the season, because he's been, he's made a massive impact. And I think January was, it could prove to be key for us with the signings we've made. And he might be, the most important signing that we've made. He's a good player. He gives a bit of steel, but he can play football. He's got a goal in him. And he's 
Sam Morsi went through a stage where he was on nine yellow cards, and I think he he went nine games without one. He would have had another ban. But it, it seems now that he doesn't have to tackle in the games because he's got Luongo next to him. They look quite similar if you see them like next to each other. They actually do look the same. But yeah. he he has made a massive difference in our team. Um, I'm just wondering why did he why did he leave Wednesday? Did you want to keep him? Did he want to did he want to move? Uh, probably down to injuries. To be fair, um, it was funny actually when um, apparently we I think we offered him a contract uh, and he, he stalled uh, and then we put a, a kind of a press release out saying that um, that we're releasing him and 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 then he kind of put something on on Instagram saying like that that wasn't that, that wasn't true. Not that he would release, but. Um, that in terms of you know the, the, how it all came about and everything, uh, it was funny actually because when they announced that, they also announced that we'd signed Will Volks at the same time. So uh, it kind of disguised the the fact that Will uh, that uh, Massimo Luongo was leaving. Um, I think personally, I don't, I don't know for certain, but I think we probably offered him um, a very reduced contract that he probably didn't like. Uh, but obviously, that's going to be based on you know that that old saying. Or is it um, the best ability is availability, and, yeah. and, and when yeah. and when you're injured for for quite a bit of the season, obviously it doesn't help. And especially when you look at the reason, probably probably one of the reasons why we didn't get promoted in that first season was probably down to the injuries that we had. We had so many injuries. The same could be said about this season as well. And you have to, you know, sometimes you have to be harsh when you look at it and, and look at players and think, you know what? Yes, he's a fantastic player. But you know when when the purse strings are tight and you've got to look and think, well, I'm paying these players just to be sat on the you know, on the um, on the physio table, then I'd rather be playing someone that you know that, that's actually playing, even though he might not yeah. be quite as good. Um, but yeah, it's, I think that was it's it's always one of the you know the cases now. People will be saying, "Look, I wish we'd have kept him." And hindsight's a wonderful thing, but you know, we brought in Will Volks, and he's not done too too shabby. He's the best best football pundit, Harry Hindsight. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. But yeah. look, he's, he's he's got fit. A, a vital stage because we had Lee Evans playing in there with Morsi. He got injured. We signed uh, Panucci Kamara from Plymouth. He's been injured. Don Ball from QPR. He's been injured. Cameron Humphreys played um, probably more football than he thought. Young player. And I think Luongo's got fit at the right time. He's got that. I'd say he's got that bit of nous, James. He knows the league. He knows what to do. He knows where to be on the pitch at certain times. Yeah. And he's key, but he's it's it's the old overall collective from like I said when we went to um, Bristol Rovers on Valentine's night and we drew nil-nil there we didn't look like we were going to score the football we were playing was slow it was it was a bit there, there was even talk some fans of like we're going to miss out on the playoffs it, it, I liked it a little bit so when uh, McCarthy was manager when we were in the um, back in the championship and we were top on um, Boxing Day and then we, we fell out the playoffs and we only got in through Derby um, losing to Reading on the last day of the season and it was a little bit like that it was four wins in 15 I think we had uh, look we don't lose many games Kieran McKenna he's, he's 61 games since he's been in he's only lost eight games so we don't lose a lot of games of football so this is what I'm saying I, I think we're going to go unbeaten for the rest of the season with the games that we've got coming up 
definitely the home games. I think we should be winning all four of them. The only but thing I would say um, on that is we we were saying that before the Bolton game, we were like, you know what, we could we could go the rest of the season without losing a game. No, but that's football fans, isn't it? Because we we look at you'll look at the remaining games, you'll try and work out, you'll win this game, you'll win this, well, game, would you have, this game. Would you have said we'd get beat by Forest Green? Absolutely not. It's, I it's, could it's not believe. I went to Wembley that day to watch um, England and. Um, my uh, one of my boys was watching it and he texted me he said one nil half time and it was one of them ones where you know you think yeah but they'll come back Wednesday they'll come back and they'll probably nick it 2-1 yeah I couldn't believe it we played Forest Green at home they were dreadful we played them at home they, they were one, dreadful was it well. since December was it December James their last win uh, it's probably I don't know 1946 or something ridiculous like that I think it was when the last one again um, but, but yeah and just just I mean this is your fourth season in League One it's lowest that Ipswich have been I think since I don't know 1950s or something like that um, never been in the 13 until you came down in the 18-19 season or as far as I can see uh, how desperately do you want to get out of this league and get back into the championship well, it's it's massive. It's this is well the the three seasons before. Obviously, it was the COVID season. We haven't even come close to being anywhere near the playoffs. You know, so when we went down, a lot of fans were like, "Yeah, League One tour." You know, we do a load of grounds, hundred points, hundred goals have been floating around. But we all know what these divisions are like. You only have to look at teams like Sheffield United. I think they were in here six years. Um, Leeds were in here. There's not many teams who go down from the championship and come straight back up. You'd probably say like Rotherham, but they're, I'd say Rotherham are one of them sort of yo-yo teams. They might stay up this season, but they they float a bit like Peterborough as well. Yeah. Now, yeah, kind of too, too good for this league. And they obviously they keep, well, they, yeah. what happens with them is they keep the players or, or the kind of uh, nucleus of team that gets them out of the league and they don't really add to it. So they don't have enough quality to stay in the league above. Yeah. But of course, when they come back down, they've still got players that have that have done it at this level. So that's, you know, I think that's, it's just down to money at the end of the day. They can't afford, can they, to, but yeah, to bring players But yeah, we have, in. look, let's not, look, we, we spent a bit of money. We've obviously been taken over by, um, we had American owners, but they had a fans forum. I was watching um, tonight, they broadcast it on YouTube and Mark Ashton, the um, CEO was saying, like if over the three years, if they're in the second year, it's they, he calls it player trading, and and, and fa- I'll see fans on Twitter saying, "Oh yeah, but you've, you're buying the league." But we're still we've been selling players, so it's not as though we've chucked a load of money at it, and we haven't been. Se- we have Andre Dizel went, Flynn Downs went. You know, we're still moving players out. And look, anyone knows that if you have a bit of money to spend, you're you're probably gonna have a decent chance of getting out of the division. But then it does bring the pressure. This is where I think with you, I was surprised in January that you didn't really add to your squad. You obviously signed Aidan Flint to replace McGuinness, but you didn't really, for me, I'd be strengthening from a position of strength. And I don't think you have. And maybe this is, look, this is just me looking from the outside. Obviously now you've got Byers is out. I think, is Josh Windus, is he still injured? Is he going to be out for the rest of the season? Uh, He might come back, you know, in the final few games, but he's certainly out um, at the moment, yeah. And injuries, injuries are biting, whereas us, we we are quite fortunate. We've got a very good squad. Um, we've got a very good bench. I, I, I disagree with Alan. I think we've got a, a better bench than Barnsley, if I'm being being quite honest. But in, in January, we signed, obviously, Harry Clark come in from um, Stoke, plays right back. Uh, Luongo came in. Um George Hurst, obviously, Sheffield Wednesday fans will know his dad, David. <laughs> yes, and, um, uh, and George Hurst. Yeah, I mean that 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 one for those for those listening that 
it was, a, it was a weird one. You know, apparently the rumor is that uh, that, that his dad David Hurst got involved in all the contract talks, wanted too much money for him, and a massive fallout. And and then he kind of he went off to oh, a team in Belgium, I think. Like, well, yeah, he went via, to Belgium. Well, Leicester via Belgium. Yeah. Um, getting you know um, a bit of a loophole, and obviously you know signing a pre-contract there, and and then yeah, the rest is history, and it's not really kicked on really. Obviously, I know I've seen he's he's got a few goals. Um, yeah, he's the. Oh, I think. Um, obviously, um, Freddie Ladapo was our main striker. Uh, we we tried to sign Hurst um, in a close season, but he went to Blackburn on loan and then didn't really sort of hit it off there. I think he, he didn't even score a goal. So, obviously, McKenna's chased him and he's came in and Ladapo... Ladapo's got um, 12 league goals, got 16 in all competitions. Decent return. Now, for me, George Hurst is showing now why Kieran wanted him at the start of the season. I think he's a much better all-round striker. He's now he's fit, scored three and three, scored at Derby on Saturday. Um, and I think he'd be your main your main striker, I think, moving forward. Obviously, games over the Easter period, he might look to change it up a little bit. And then the, the, the player for me who's make, making the difference, Russ, is Nathan Broadhead. You know, I yeah. think he's he's obviously he was at Everton. Scored, I think, 11 goals in 20 for Sunderland last season. I was, I was quite surprised that Sunderland didn't try and sign him in the um, close season. I know they had a, a management change, and then he went to Wigan. But they don't seem to miss really, him, to be fair, to be honest. Yeah, he shouldn't nowhere near be playing in League One, James. Nathan Broadhead, he's obviously, um, now he's playing for Wales, scored his first goal. On, the, on our pod, we call him the needle mover, because I think he, he's, he's lifted the levels and... If he can stay fit, I think over the next two or three years, I think you're going to see a really good player there. But look, if you if you're not conceding, anyone knows in football, if you're not conceding, you've obviously you've got a chance. And there was a few games well, earlier in the season where that was our we mantra. Were gift- um, you know, we we would you know most clean sheets in the in the division and, and things like that. That's what we were doing. Uh, obviously, we've we're doing the opposite at the moment. We we are leaking coals, not not loads, but we're not scoring them either, which is a but which is a bit of a concern. We, we chucked away quite a few leads. We all remember the game away at Charlton. You know, when we're it's two all going into injury time, then we score two goals, and somehow out of I don't know how. I, even sitting here now, I can't comprehend how we managed to concede two goals in the 95th and 98th minute you know and there was other games where we've we've drawn probably too many games we've only lost four all season but the draws were probably or the majority of fans I would have thought had wrote off the top two they all thought it was probably going to be you and it was probably going to be Plymouth if we're all being honest but now you've obviously let us back in with your run you've had in the last five games taking three points Plymouth, look, you've got to take your hat off to Plymouth because home form, I think, what, 52 points they've taken from a possible 57, which, and looking at the fixtures they've got remaining at home, I'd say they'll win all of them. So where they possibly maybe falter is on the road a little bit, you know, that's where I think they go to Morecambe on um, Good Friday. It'll It'll be interesting to see how they bounce back from the game on Sunday at Wembley where I, I personally, I, I think that was a one-off. I, I don't see Plymouth chipping goals and defending like they did on Sunday. I think it was, maybe it was the occasion got too big for them, but I think that's a, for me, that's a line in the sand. Schumacher will say, right, this is the standard we've set all season. This is a one-off. We'll write that off. So well, yeah, definitely. I think Plymouth are going to be right there till the end. I think you probably might be the ones 
I know you're not going to like to hear it, James. I think you might be the ones who who slip out the top two. I really do because it, it all looked for me that you'd got the title wrapped up. I think if you don't get promoted, I think Darren Moore will, that it'll it'll cost him with, with his job at the end of the season. I think he'll probably he'll probably have to go. Mm, po- possibly. I mean, we were talking about that, and I, I think personally, I think um, the fact that he's you know. Since also we we came down uh, where we finished, we've gone kind of all right. We won't have gone one better because we won't have got promoted automatically. But in terms of like the long unbeaten run that we've got, we've had obviously been at the top of the league for um, you know for not a long period of time, but certainly um, on some occasions this season. I think you probably have to give him until Christmas, whether or not Chan Siri, the chairman. Uh, things are exactly the same is is uh, you know we'll, we'll have to find out. Um, I'm going to come to Gab in a minute and get his thoughts on Ipswich, and then of course we've got Chris uh, to talk about Plymouth. But before before I do that, I just want to um, finish off by you know asking you kind of how how confident uh, is the fan base at the moment? I'm guessing the answer is going to be very because you know you can't really get any much more better than winning seven games in a row and conceding no goals. But I'll ask the question anyway. Yeah, well, I was at Derby Saturday, and it was one of them games where, you, know, you obviously your home games, you'll say you're winning two 0 your fans will slip away when they five minutes ago. You think, oh yeah, beat the traffic. Even sometimes when you go to the away game, you'll have I know people, a lot of people going to coaches, people going to trains, but a lot of people drive and they think, right, the game's over, we're winning two 0 we'll try and beat the traffic. There was nobody left that ground, James, on Saturday because they all wanted to be there at the end. It was. At the minute, it's fans, um, players, staff, everyone's together as one. And Mark Asher did say this at the start of the season. If everyone's together, you don't know what you can achieve. And I think at the minute, it's it's that like snowball effect that we've won seven on the bounce. You look over the games we've got coming, Wickham at home, Cheltenham away Easter Monday. There's two games there, I think. Yeah, they're tough games, but with the form that we're in, I think we should be more than confident that we can win them. And then we've got Charlton at home, Port Vale at home. Should be six points. I know it doesn't always work out like this because it's what we said earlier, but I'm looking at these remaining fixtures and it was out of our hands for so long. Now with the results that you've had, it's it's up to us now to grasp that nettle and say, right, we're not going to give this away because we've made it hard for ourselves with the draws. Like I said earlier in the season, we're playing catch-up when we'd only lost four games, but we'd, we'd drawn too many. But I think now that the momentum that we're on, um, and I know you said earlier, fans, it don't matter how many fans you take away, it doesn't get your points. Yeah, I get that. But fans can make a massive difference at this stage of the season. It's sold out again on Saturday, um, Friday for the game. All remaining home games, you virtually cannot get a ticket. So the excitement's building. I know we've still got to get the job done, but I would say from... Valentine's Day when we're drawing nil-nil and I went and uh, I stayed up in Bristol and I was in the bar with my mate Colin and his son Andy. We're up till midnight thinking, what the hell's going on here? You know, we're... we're the, the season's not... It's not imploding, but it was virtually we're thinking we're probably going to fall into the playoffs. And then it was all about, can we win some games? Can we gain some momentum? So when we get in the playoffs, because I think whoever's in the playoffs with the momentum probably you see a lot of times the team who's in sixth just sort of nicks in at the end. They've got that momentum and a lot of times they go in and win it. And that was all I was thinking at that stage. We've Look, we had kind fixtures. I said earlier, we did have some kind fixtures, but you still have to go out there and win them, which we've done. 
Well, Derby and was obviously the the kind of the, the fixture that we were looking at, thinking, look, that's yeah. a, the potential there for you um, to slip up, uh, and then maybe the Wickham uh, on on Good Friday. There were the two. And that we, we still were got at. we still got Peterborough away. We go Saturday, Tuesday, Peterborough away, Barnsley away. So yeah, that could be it. Could be pivotal. Peterborough. You do not know what posh are going to turn up because one week they can be really good, and then they can go and lose three 0 at home to Cheltenham. Um, yeah, but we'll go on by then, then hopefully we'd we'd have got some more points on the board. Look, Barnsley's going to be massive. I think they've released another two thousand tickets. We could take five thousand to Barnsley on a Tuesday night, which it, anywhere that Ipswich go is a long way. Yeah, you know. But I, I, look, I, I think it's in our hands at the minute. I think we're going to win the league, James. I'll, I'll stick my neck out now. I think we're good enough. We're confident enough. We're scoring goals. We're not conceding. I can't see us losing another game. I might, I might come back to, to, to bite me, but I, I think you have to stick your neck out and you have to be confident. And this is the stage of the season when you've got to hit your form and we're, we're going in an upward trajectory and you're going in a downward trajectory. It could all change around. I know that because football's a funny old game, but I'm pretty confident where we are at the minute. And yeah, I, I'll just look, you, you, it's, it's, you're counting down the hours now. You, you want to get to Friday. You want to get to the ground. You know, you want to see your mates, you I want, want to see three points. points. That's what I want to see. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what you want. But you need to start another run if you go to Oxford and you beat them. Then... Look, our only saving grace is that we're on this terrible run, but we're still top at league. That is the only thing. You know, you, you, well, we could be on a terrible run and be five, six, seven points adrift. True. Uh, that is the Very only true. saving grace that we've got. That we, we did have a bit in the back, you know, in, in the tank or in the bank. Obviously, yeah, the, the games in hand, we thought we were, they were going to be massive. Uh, well, they were, but in, in the opposite way. But at least we didn't lose any any ground and things like that. Cruncher, thanks for coming on, mate. Do uh, do really appreciate. Cheers, I'm just gonna, James. Gab, I'm just going to come to you. Um, you know, Cruncher thinks Ipswich are going to win the league. Sounds very confident, but I suppose Ipswich fans at the moment have got every reason to be super confident, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. I can't argue with that, to be honest, because they've not conceded in eight games, and I think there was times earlier in the season when the defence was probably the area that we were questioning about this Ipswich side. But what I love about them is that they've got this sort of mixture of really clear patterns of play and movement and yet also that unpredictability where you've got George Hurst who you know who's a sort of threat from crossing to the box and then you can also put Connor Chaplin or um or Broadhead in the box as well um I love the link up play as well I think Leif Davis could be a top six championship left back he's been actually outstanding this season um so yeah I think they, they're probably the most complete side in the league I would say uh, if you include the extra depth as well. So, yeah, I probably would end up going for Ipswich to win the league, which seems mad because I don't think anyone would have been saying they'd be in the top two equation around sort of January when they went on a, a really disappointing run. So they've certainly been in outstanding form over the last couple of months. I mean, where about, um, whereabouts did you have them in your kind of pre-season predictions? Did you have them you know, up near the top or did you think they were going to so, struggle well, again? I'm not sure as wise to refer to my pre as my season preview because I said MK Dons would win the league with 100 points, so I uh, didn't quite get that one. But um, no, I, th- I think I think I said uh, Ipswich would finish third before the season, um, but now I'd probably say they might uh, they might go up automatically. Yeah, well, like I said it, it, the, the fact that they're on such a such an amazing run wouldn't you know? There's there's no. You know, uh, no complaints with you with you kind of saying that. Other than the fact that I don't really want that to happen, being a being a Wednesday <laughs> fan of uh, of course. Yeah. Um, right. Let's let's move on to talk about Plymouth. Then we've got Chris as well. Chris, thanks for your patience and uh, and everything. Um, 
the reason why you're coming on late is because Plymouth are currently, you know, joint top of the league. Um, now, obviously, Plymouth have been here before, haven't they? You know, top of the league in League One, uh, you know, last season um, as well, albeit quite not quite at this stage of the season. You know, a collapse ensued and you missed out on the playoffs. Um, you haven't got that in the back of your mind for this season, have you? I, mean, I don't think you're going to finish outside the playoffs, but, you know, have you, are you thinking, look, the kind of PTSD of last season? Well, first of all, good evening, James. Yes, thank you, Chris. Um, nice, to, nice to be able to, to join you. And, um, you know, I should point out that I'm the reporter for Argyle, so I haven't quite got the sort of fans' sort of attachment and the the sense of excitement or the sense of dread as we go into the sort of final few games of the season. Um but you, you follow you followed I mean, um, Plymouth for that long, Chris. I'm sure you've still got, you know, that, that um, little bit in your uh, in your heart. I'm, I'm still recovering from the game at Wembley on Sunday. So, <laughs> um, um, there is definitely that. That's what 26 seasons of watching uh, uh, Argyle home and away does for you. But I mean, yes, they they finished last season poorly. They had a lot of injuries, and in their final six games, I think they played all of the, the top six sides in the division. And so they ended up finishing seventh on, on 80 points. Um, they're on 80 points now. Um, they've got eight games to go. So they've um, massively improved on where they were this time last year. And the thing to bear in mind, I think, from Argyle's point of view, is that there are no easy games. Cliché time. But at this stage of the season, teams are in the table for, for a reason. You know, and... Argyle's opponents over the rest of the season, none of them are anywhere close to the top of the table. Um, there's one particular game, the Devon Derby against Exeter City, which I think will be Argyle's hardest because yeah. of the rivalry between the two clubs. Um, but if you look at it objectively, and if Argyle perform the way they have done throughout the course of the season, pretty much from day one, the other seven games are all winnable games. And so that's not to say that they'll go and get, uh, finish top, second or what have you. But I think that last season they went in with a small squad with a lot of injuries into a run of games where they were playing all of the leading sides. This season they have a few injuries, but basically they've got teams from 10th down in the table. And um, with the home form that some of your other guests have, have touched on, um, they'll be confident of picking up plenty of points at home and then it's just making sure that they get enough away from home to, to stay where they where they want to be come uh, their last game of the season. Yeah, I mean, Plymouth, obviously, yeah, there's the, the 4-0 defeat um, in the Papa John's at the weekend. But, you know, in terms of league games, you've not played in what seems like an absolute age. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, you, you probably thought that, you know, you'd be probably a, a fair few points adrift at the top. Um but due to our you know poor form, you know you you're behind just on goal difference. I'm I'm guessing that the mood at Plymouth and Plymouth fans are thinking, Ooh, we've been let off the hook a little bit there because it could have been. You know, I know you would have still had a game in hand, but you know it could have been a lot lot different, couldn't it? Absolutely, we we saw Stephen Stephen Schumacher today for the uh, the preview for their game against uh, Morecambe on Good Friday, and he he made that point. You know that I think a lot of people would have expected after not playing for. Uh, 12 days, I think it is in the league, um, that, that Argyle would be would not be level on points at the top of the table. Um, so 
Uh, Barnsley losing at Exeter was uh, one of those very rare occasions when Argyle fans were happy <laughs> yeah. that the team up the A38 had won. Uh, a very rare day, that one. But um, that was a good result from Argyle's point of view. And, and obviously Wednesday, as you've touched on, um, have not been on the best of form of late. So, um, yeah, I think the big question mark for Argyle now is how do they bounce back from, from Sunday at Wembley? Um, they were absolutely battered. Absolutely battered. There was Bolton were excellent. Take nothing away from Bolton. Congratulations to them. They were fantastic on the day. But Argyle were a million miles away from from what you'd have expected and, and what they're going to need to be in these final few league games. You can only hope that you put it down to the fact that they they, they were overawed by the occasion. I mean, eighty thousand people at Wembley. Nearly forty thousand of the Green Army were there. Every time I go to Wembley, I've been there a few times. Every time I go there, it still takes my breath away when you go in the stadium. It's, it's, it's an amazing stadium to see 80,000 people there, the biggest crowd in Europe at the weekend, not just this country, but in Europe. Yeah, that was crazy, um, that, yeah. I don't think they, they handled the occasion very well. Um, now, get back to league form, uh, league games, uh, in environments that they're more you know, accustomed to. Uh, hopefully, they'll, they'll fare better, but when you get beaten 4-0 in a cup final, everyone's going to wonder, how are they going to come back from that? Can you bounce back from that? Or is that going to leave some lingering effect that um, that could really de- derail your season? So it's going to be fascinating to see how Argyle get on. And probably the two games over East are going to be telling. You know, If they can get a good Easter under their belt, then the, the Wembley games, if not forgotten about, it's, it's put on the... Uh, dim and distant and doesn't really matter but um, if they have a, a not so good Easter then people are going to really start uh, wondering uh, what's going on going into the final six games Chris what's been the difference then this season to last like you mentioned that you, you've already amassed the same a stronger squad a bigger squad um, the manager Stephen Schumacher took over halfway through last season and pretty much kept it the way that Ryan Lowe had been running it when he was the manager um, this season, uh, Stephen Schumacher's tinkered with the formation a bit. Um, they've got more variation in the way they can play games. Uh, under Ryan, they pretty had one, pretty much had a one way they played. Um, under Schumacher, there's two or three different formations, um, so I think they're less predictable to play against. Um, bigger squad, a bit more quality, uh, particularly when they had Morgan Whitaker. You know, he's he's been a loss. But I think when Morgan Whitaker went in January, at the start of January, lots of people said, well, that's the end of Plymouth. You know, they'll fall away now. And, um, you know, going into April, they're, they're joint top. So I, I think they've proved um, a lot of people wrong. Because <coughs> I think the widespread opinion would be that everyone expected Ipswich, Sheffield Wednesday and a few of the other ones to, uh, to you know, fight it out amongst themselves and, and Plymouth would, would drop away now. Again, I'm not saying they're going to get automatic promotion, but uh, if anyone thought that Argyle were up there by fluke, then they've been proved wrong. I mean, your home form has been incredible, to be fair. I think we've already touched on it a few times already, speaking to other other people. You know, 17 wins, one draw, and just a one defeat. I think it was Port Vale that, that beat you. You know, 52 Correct. of the 80 points have come at home park. Yes. And I yeah. thought our home form was, was good this season, but I think that's been... You know, that, that has been massive, hasn't it? The, the fact that, you know, Home Park has been a fortress. Yeah, it, it, it really has. I mean, it, it's been incredible. Um, 
you know, to, to win 17 of your 19 home league games. And, and that's having played all of the top teams. You know, none of the four games that Argyle have got left to play at home park are against any of the top teams. Now, again, you know, you might play a team that's down at the bottom or down towards the bottom of the table and they're fighting for their lives and they make it really difficult for you. But again, on paper, that, that they're four games that they should be looking to win. Um, now, if they were to do that, big word if, but if they were to do win those four games, that sticks them on to 92 points before you've even tackled any of the away games. So, um, uh, and isn't it bonkers that we're sitting here talking that you get to 92 points and you're not going to be guaranteed automatic promotion. I well, mean, like you said there, that's you... 92 points and you will you would lose another four games this season, which is absolutely crackers, isn't it, really, it's, to it's think just, about it's it? Just, it's just amazing, isn't it? This, the strength of the teams at the top of the top of the table and it's pretty much two from four isn't it so um, yeah um those, those four teams have have been exceptional and uh you know i think two two teams will be um considering themselves very unfortunate not to get in uh, automatic promotion places this season yeah i mean who would you say has been your key player this season then and and, and that kind of the reason that why you are where you are you know at the top of the league um it, this might sound a bit odd, James, because he hasn't played since he played against you um, at Hillsborough. But but Michael Cooper, the goalkeeper, who has been injured for a couple of months, but um, he is one of, if not the best young goalkeeper uh, keepers in the EFL. Superb keeper. Even when Argyle have been winning games regularly as they were while he played, you could nearly always bank on the fact that the opposition would have one pretty decent chance and nearly always he would save them and um you know I, I think the sort of his goals goal saved percentage or something like that one of those stats that, that other people that uh, deal in those data analytics might know a bit more than me but he had a really high sort of goals potential goal saved ratio or something like that and um he was um, an excellent keeper as you will well know James um at Hillsborough when Argyle played Sheffield Wednesday um, he unfortunately came off worse in a challenge with Josh Windass and uh, suffered a, a torn ACL, which is you know going to keep him out for for a long time. And that was uh, that was a massive blow for our guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm just, I'm, I'm just looking now in terms of those those stats because um, it, it, I was looking at it as well. I mean, you're looking at goalkeepers, and then I was just amazed at the amount of you know the amount of shots that you gave up as a team, but the amount of saves that he that he made, and and yeah. Um, he faced 130 shots and, and made 101 saves, which is a, you know, uh, 77% save percentage, which is yeah. good enough for, for the third best. Uh, I mean, I don't know how many other games those other team, other players, have uh, have played, but you know, it's uh, it's when you've got someone like that, that you know, it, I suppose it gives confidence to the other players in that they can try something a little bit different because if it doesn't quite go according to plan, you've got full confidence in you know in in the goalkeeper behind you which like i said it can it, it, it massively helps you it it really does he he, he was crucial now that you know callum burton the, the backup goalkeeper's come in and, and he's done admirably um but you know michael as i said to you michael cooper is an extremely good goalkeeper and there's maybe one or two situations where michael cooper might have made saves that callum burton hasn't um I'm not saying that, um, that Argyle have suffered dramatically by the change of keeper, but you say to me, why are Argyle where they are? And yes, Ryan Hardy's got 17 goals in all competitions this season and, and Morgan Whitaker was an absolutely outstanding loan signing for them in the first half of the season. 
and the and the defence by and large have been pretty solid. Although there have been a few blips um, recently with four against Bolton and five against Peterborough. Um, but but Cooper is, is is reason why they're up there. Now they've got to try and get over the finish line without him. So um, that's a that's a challenge that they're going to face. Yeah. Um... In the interest of uh, time, Chris, we're going to kind of uh, move it, move it on a little bit. In terms of you know the the games that you've got coming up, you know you've been hearing from Cruncher talking about Ipswich, saying that they're going to uh, you know not lose a game until the end of the season or win all of them. Um, you know, Barnsley fan Al- Alan, he's saying that they're going to finish top of the league. You know, where where do you think Plymouth uh, are going to finish? And and do you think you know? I suppose you're just looking for a massive reaction after that 4-0 defeat to Bolton in the Cup. I mean, I suppose the blessing in disguise is it was only the Cup and it wasn't the league that happened in. Yes. Yes, that's probably the only blessing, isn't it? So where are they going to finish? Well, you know, the home form is is, is, is has been strong um, and with home park being sold out every game and with, um, you know, teams that are lower down the table that will be fighting for their lives to stay up, I... I, I Accept that, and you, you know, we saw. I'm afraid, sorry to mention this again. Forest Green beating Sheffield Wednesday. You know, strange things do happen. Um, so you can't count anything out. But if Argyle can win their four remaining home games, and then go to to Morecambe on Good Friday and bounce back with a win in that one, um, you know, that's putting them on 95 points. Uh, that's that's a lot of points, and teams below them are going to have to go some to to catch and and overtake. So. I'm I'm feeling that if they can go to Morecambe and get a win, and it it'd be nice if it was a you know a convincing one, but even a narrow tight one, if they can go to Morecambe, get the win, put the uh, the Bolton Cup final behind them, then um, then I see no reason at all why they can't go and finish in the top two. Yeah, um, have you and, been? Uh, and, you know, when when you look at. You know the uh, well. Let's just say if you if you didn't finish in the top two and you finished in the playoffs, are you are you confident that they could get you know get through you know to Wembley and 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 go via the playoffs? As a Wednesday fan, uh, we're not confident whatsoever in the playoffs based on the previous three times that we've been in them. But you know, what's it like from a from a Plymouth perspective? I, I can't imagine any Argyle fan would be confident going into a player final at Wembley, having seen the team play the way they did at Wembley on Sunday. Yeah. So um, I'm sure they would be desperate to try and avoid that, and 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 the team, and Stephen Schumacher as well. So no, they, they will. They, you know, I, I'm not saying they, they wouldn't be confident. I don't think you know because you'd be playing against four strong or three strong teams, wouldn't you? Um, if Argyle were to finish third, say for the exa- for the sake of uh, argument, you're going to be playing against um, strong, strong clubs, big clubs, and it, it, it will be a lottery in those playoffs. It will be fine margins. It will be that will decide promotion. That's why you know all of the teams that you've been talking to tonight, or you know the top ones, are so desperate to finish in the top two because they know if they're in the playoffs. That is going to be hard work. It's going to be hard work to come out on top of the playoffs. So um, um, Argyle have been up in the top two for so long now that they'll be just desperate to to stay there. Um, if they drop out, then people will look at them and say, well, look, they were top two nearly all season, just dropped out. They probably won't be uh, too confident about their chances. So, um, yeah, yeah, like I say, it's, it's, it's how do they respond from this game against Bolton if they can get back to... The form they've showed before Wembley. I mean, they've they've won four of their last five league games 
If they go to Morecambe on Friday, that's three league wins in a row. That's exactly the form you want to be in going into the final month of the season. Yeah, the only thing I would say is I think there's more twists and turns to come in this uh, in this promotion <laughs> race than we than, than we think. To be fair, I mean we've shown that already. You know, nobody expected us to be on the run of form that we're uh, that we're currently on. So you know, stranger things have happened this season, and it's just crazy that you know there's there's four teams going for those top two nobody's you know you normally see one team run away with it that's not happened this season and i mean all right someone could finish on on you know and, and get a bit of a gap at the top but it's probably going to be unlikely and it's probably going to go right down to the wire um chris thank you very much for for joining us do really do really appreciate it i'm just going to give my, yeah thank my you very much chris I'm just going to give my thoughts on uh, on on Sheffield Wednesday before we do wrap up I'll keep it keep it short it's just so frustrating at the moment how you know we were almost celebrating promotion I know I was saying you know enjoy this moment you know do get carried away because you you know you never know it might not last uh, little did I think that it wasn't even going to last at the end of the season um, to be honest which yeah it's, it's crazy when you think about it I, mean, I think you can probably you know for for the listeners that are, that are you know fans of the other clubs. You know, injuries of it as massively. You know, uh, George Byers is a, a key influential player in the middle of that midfield. Um, you know, we we said it's the midfield three: Bannon, Byers, and and Volks. I would go as far as saying, you know, some might not agree, but you know, probably one of the best midfields in the division um, in terms of the quality. You know, the quality that Barry Bannon's got is is second to none. Um, the thing is, at the moment, it doesn't really trust whoever's that third third midfielder, given that George Byers has has been out. Um, and 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 the problem problem you've got is when when Barry Bannon doesn't have that confidence, he tries to do everything, and and that's kind of you know as much as that's something that you 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 know you want to see, you want to see that desire. It has hurt us, I think, uh, in in recent games. Look, nobody expected us to go the rest of the season unbeaten. We went on that crazy unbeaten run. Um, you know, it was unfortunate that the the, the defeat that we suffered came at the hands of Barnsley, but you know, um, it was gonna ha- it was gonna happen at some point, and we all thought you know. Forest Green, we go to them. Uh, it's pr- probably the, the game that you want after a defeat, playing bottom of the league, not winning however many games it was. And, you know, that that game was absolutely terrible. Um, but you looked at the running that we had and, you know, Bolton and Barnsley were two tough, you know, games that on paper were going to be tough. But there was eight games after that, that that you looked and thought, you know, a, bit, a bit like what Cruncher was saying about Ipswich. You, you look at the teams and look at the games, and you think I can see three points in every single one of them. Um, but look, it's not it's not happened like that. And like like I said earlier, the only saving grace that we've got is that we've gone on the worst run that we've had under Darren Moore in the what two and a bit years that he's been at the club, uh, and we are still top of the league. All right, yes, it is on goal difference, and yes, the other teams have got a game in hand. But you know, there's no. There's no two ways about it. We are top of the league, um, and we have got those uh, those points on the board. And obviously, Ipswich have to go to go to Barnsley as well, which is going to be a massive game. Like I said, the landscape could be a lot different um, between now and then. But I think the game on uh, against Oxford on Friday is massive. Um, if it is a must-win game, it is definitely that one. Uh, I think if we don't win, we probably don't finish uh, in the top two. I know things can change and. Um, but in terms of mentality, to go six games without a win, um, you know, and pick up maybe three or four or four points out of those last six, it's just simply not good enough. It's that's like relegation form, not not form that you want um, to 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 finish in the top two. Um, yeah, that's the stranger things have happened. But I think really three points on against Oxford is is absolutely vital. 
you know, at the start of the season, we all thought that, well, we needed to go one better than the playoffs and, and actually finish in the top two. And for much of the season, it's been great. Like, you know, I know Ipswich and Plymouth, have, we're kind of running away with it a little bit. They've had the wobbles. We've then obviously gone on that crazy unbeaten run. Um, I do think it's going to be mad out, you know, like what Chris said about the the points that um, the, you know, whoever finishes in third is going to be on. It's, it's going to be probably a record points tally, which uh, is just unfortunate that it's been how it is. I think that's just the nature of League One at the moment in that, you know, there's some poor sides at the bottom, but there's equally some some great sides at the at the top that, that, that just keep winning and winning each week. Um, if you ask me now where we're going to finish, I'd have to tell you on Saturday. Like I said, if uh, if we if we beat Oxford, there's you know there's a, there's a hope that we're going to go on a you know that could that could be the catalyst to kind of kick us on and 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 show that belief and everything. But if we if we fail to win, I honestly think that we would we would finish you know we'd have to concede and, and finish in the in the playoffs and it's probably going to be Plymouth and uh, and Ipswich that finish in that top two. Um, the, my mood has changed massively from uh, from what it was two or three weeks ago. I, you know, I was I was already planning my away trips in the championship and things like that. But you know, people tell you as a Wednesday fan, it's the most Wednesday thing to happen for us to uh, for us to throw it away and look you know look where we are right now. But no, it's uh, it's going to be tight come uh, come the end of the season. Like I said, I, I was hoping that Derby on the last game of the season wasn't going to mean much. I think it's probably going to mean quite a lot um, for both sides, to be honest. You know, Derby trying to get into the playoffs, and and us potentially getting in uh, in the automatic spots. Um, I hope it does mean something in in a in a good way that we are still in in with a hunt. I hope it's not a dead rubber because we've accepted playoffs. But uh, but there we are. I am going to wrap it up there. Uh, it's nearly done two hours on this show, so massive thanks for everyone that's that stuck around. Um, I just want to say a massive thanks to Cruncher and, and Alan, who are, who are still here, Chris, um, everyone else, Phil as well, that's been on, uh, Trotter Chatter, Derby, Rams Review, everyone else that's been on. Massive thanks. It's been uh, an, an excellent show. It's been great to hear your thoughts uh, on, on how the season's gone so far. I think sometimes when you just, you get wrapped up in all the emotions of your own club, um, you know, especially with us with injuries and you think that no other team uh, are like that. To be honest, I feel more depressed having hearing the likes of Ipswich and Barnsley and, uh, and teams like that that have done so, that are doing so well at the moment. Uh, so uh, than than I perhaps would have done beforehand, but but no, massive thanks everyone for joining us. It's been fantastic. Um, obviously, all the best for the rest of the season for all the all the other clubs. But fingers crossed, uh, you're only going for that one other automatic spot because we've uh, we've took the top one again. Thank you very much, and we'll see you all next time. Thank you. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.